heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, everyone. Still a few days. Still morning. Uh, Moved on a bit, but you know, it's always tough. It's always tough, especially in our situation. Um, That's how I'm starting episode three of the YWC Football Talk podcast. Um, Today, I do have a co-host with me. Yes, so there will be always plethora of co-hosts, guest hosts. You know what? Because I'm the main host, but I always want to bring in my friends who talk football. Today, um, we're going to have a bit another airing of grievances with the New England Patriots. Why? Because my close friend on here... Phil Nightmare 10, once again, well not once again, but that's his catchphrase, will be on the show with me to talk about what going to air our grievances out about the Pats. We are going to um, talk about a little bit about them, maybe a little bit of wildcard weekend, some of the head coaching hires. Um, other things we're going to discuss are things like, um, give me a second, college football national championship. We're going to delve into a bit. Also, too, I reached out to an LSU expert just to get his opinion on the game. LSU fan expert. And, too, we're going to talk divisional, Matt Rule, a little bit of... Ooh, I think Joe Judge. I was about to call him Jim for a second, but no. Former Patriots special teams and wide receivers coach Joe Judge is now the official coach of the New York Giants. And, to discussing maybe who's going to go to Cleveland. Um, I do have some opinions on that, but I'm going to reach out to Phil right now, and we will be ready to go in just a few seconds, so please stand by and tight. I don't even know why I said tight, but oh, stand by and tight just basically means, you know what, tight and alert, ready to go. This is why we do things like this on the YWC Football Podcast. I bring that same energy every single time. All right, welcome back. Now, we've got Phil. we got Nightmare 10. I'm going to say once again, I know it's his first time co-hosting with me, but you know what? Once again, that's what he says. I said it in my intro. I'm saying it again. Oh, sorry, yeah. I messed that up. <laughs> you can start it for you. Oh, I pressed the no. wrong button. I was trying to full screen it. You know what? <laughs> it's all good. Like that's the thing. I just I go at my own rate. I don't care like how I do it. Oh, share screen. I don't know really know what I'm doing there. I gotta close that off. There we go. All right. So now we're, I'm gonna keep it so GarageBand's open and so uh, what's it called? Skype's open too. So uh, ooh, we got a lot to talk about. We can talk. What do you want to talk first? Coach, coaching hires. Do you want to air some more grievances on uh, our boy? Uh, let's, let's just talk, let's go ahead and let's, let's analyze the game a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, so that was the one of the most unpatriot-like games I have ever seen in my life. And not just because we lost, we've lost before. I mean, people apparently every time we lose think that's the first time we've ever lost. Oh my god, dynasty's over. But, <laughs> anyways, we'll get to that in a second. But, let me just tell you how the game went, dude. Like, one point, I mean, you you watched it, but I'm just saying for the for those that would you know think that I'm just a homer. Our offense was so bad. This is listen. Our offense was so bad. They punted to Tom Brady. That's that's all you need to know. A one point game. Tannehill was was irrelevant. Like Derrick Henry's a beast. First of all, let me give props to where they where they do instead of just talking about the pads. Derrick Henry's a beast, but. That game, man, let me just tell you, dude, like, it's crazy, bro. Like, just watching the game, I'm like, we literally can't move with the ball. Like, I've never seen a, a Pats offense not be able to even get in field goal range. And uh, I actually watched a uh, – I don't remember who it was that tweeted it. I saved it. But uh, someone tweeted and, like, broke down, like, on ev- on uh, several different plays that something went wrong. 
just a random player decided to just mess up that game. One was Brady. Brady messed up on one, like overthrew, I believe, Edelman. I don't remember. But Edelman dropped a pass. Cannon uh, gave up on the play action, like didn't make the move off. It's a line supposed to make to sell the play action. Uh, I mean, there's just different plays like that. It's just like, it's one of those things you can't plan for that. You can't plan for every player to make a random mistake. It just wasn't our, it wasn't our day. And I'm not using, I'm not making excuses. Tennessee ran the ball like crazy, but we got the ball. I can't remember how many times, but it just seemed like we got it like five, six times and just punted it right back to them. And they were just, they were willing to give it right back to us, but we couldn't close the door. Our biggest gain got called back on the, what was it? Holding or no, illegal. OPI, uh, Ben Watson. Yeah, uh, no, um, Ben Watson, yeah, the offensive lineman was too far out of the field. I forgot. Oh, that, that one too, right? There was also the offensive pass interference. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, it's just a, everything that could go wrong went wrong in that game. We Like, our offense, everybody says, like, you know, they want to point to Miami. They want to point to, you know, the big games like Ravens, uh, the Chiefs. That our offense got exposed. Our offense got exposed in that game. More than, at, like, I literally, like, I know it's like, obviously you lose. It's the worst time to lose. But I all year I didn't see the offense that bad. Like, it's been bad, but I've never seen it that bad. Not being able to move in field goal range. Like, I've seen us have to sell for field goals because we can't close the deal, things like that. So there were signs pointing to get to this moment. But that offense, I mean, just could not move. You could not move the ball. And then it's just like, so you can't move the ball, but then it's like you can't afford mistakes like Edelman dropping it. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to point that out. Edelman's a beast. He's been the only guy uh, all year, so... Even to the goal, like the goal line stance, like you gotta get in there. Like I, yeah. the one thing that kind of wondered me on that goal line stance was, okay, you tried running it twice, it didn't work. I don't even know why you don't do a little zip curl route where you send like make it seem like you're running, throw a play action, even though it's in the goal line, have a receiver be a decoy. It worked the first time when they did the jet sweep with Edelman, so I don't know why they did it again. But even right. to your point, you're right. Like everyone's saying, oh, Miami's the reason why we lost. No, I will admit, I thought we were gonna win Miami like. 43 to 10, just some crazy score like that. You know what? It's going to be a piece of cake, no problem. Brian Flores went in there and said, I know we're, we've only won, I think it was, they finished 5 and 11. We only are 4 and 11 right now. We, we're not just going to give you this. We're not just going to hand you the W. We want to show you, okay, yeah, you're going to take a, take light of us. We're going to make you pay. Kansas City, Kansas City, too, I don't think we got exposed. I think that was a bad officiating in the mix, too. That Kansas City defense is actually legitimate this year. Uh, Baltimore, just the whole Lamar Jackson factor, and then with the Houston loss, the way I look at the Houston loss was, you know what, they were the better team, and also, too, if we'd gotten that onside kick, it's the who knows. But with this game, like, you're right, there's just people who made mistakes, and at the same time, too, by the time they realized, okay, we're going to throw on a goal line defense when we're in their zone, on their 35, it was midway through the third quarter. The more, I don't call, I'm not mad about the loss, I'm not, like, angry, it's just more disappointed just because... Their quarterback didn't even throw for 100 yards. You and Derrick Henry have a Marshawn Lynch wild card against the Saints-esque performance where he's just ramming it down your throat. Like, I don't know how else to explain stop it. Stop him. Yeah, you can't stop him. Yeah, you can't. What? This is, you want to know, this is making me mad again, but the most frustrating thing as a fan, and I'm sure other teams finally, you know, this is new to me, seeing Brady struggle. I mean, not Brady struggle, but seeing a whole offense struggle. I've seen Brady struggle before, but, like, <laughs> How Ryan Tannehill, we 50 yards. The defense did their job. I don't hear nothing. The defense had some moments, and I understand they, they gave up lots of yards to Derrick Henry, but they gave every opportunity for the offense to finish the game. 
literally a field goal ends that game because you make Ryan Tannehill Hill throw. Now I know everybody's gonna like. Well, he made that one. He made he had to make one throw on third down to seal the game. So I don't, don't want to hear that. If Ryan Tannehill has to actually drive down the field, doesn't happen. Literally doesn't happen. So um, I mean that's not me hating. That's just me. The fact they didn't need to do that. It props to Tennessee. They props to the Tennessee defense as well. But I mean, and and, I'll, and to go a little more on that about the the Tennessee defense is that. They knew they didn't. They weren't scared of us at all. They weren't intimidated. Nothing. Mike Vrabel knew exactly which. That's my boy. It's hard to watch him on another sideline, but still, uh, like they knew what to do. Like they they knew. Hey, you know, it's like in any situation, any other team. This is when like when, like the whole like the Patriot they beat themselves. I mean, Ryan Tino literally when he did finally throw threw an interception, set us up, and we still could not capitalize. That's how bad that offense was. So uh, it just was, and everything that – and it all went wrong in one game because I feel like even as bad as our offense was, I thought we would uh, – even if we had rough patches, even if we had to squeak out a win against Tennessee, we would have got it and gotten it done. But literally everything went wrong at the wrong possible – at the wrong, worst possible time, and we lost to Tennessee. So, I mean, we had no business being in the divisional round, though. I said that going in, so it's like Miami losing. It's like, good, this team needs to be in the wild card because they need to get the, their act together. They didn't. <laughs> they lost, but, you know – I'm just saying, you know, it's like you can overanalyze the game all, all day. I mean, props, you know, good. For good I was going to stop you. Sorry about that, folks. Just a little uh, technical difficulties on our end. But even back to, uh, like, Phil's point with the offense, too, and everybody's – the worst – the one thing I want to put in about this loss was it's not even the fact that, like, Tennessee fans were the ones who were happy about them winning. It was more the fact that there was everyone out there, and a lot of people who were doing this were our fans of teams who were just bad saying – Oh, like how happy they were about us losing. Oh, it's over. It's done. It's. I'd understand people saying that if the Patriots had like I don't know a six and ten season, things were over. Like how we're seeing with Eli Manning in New York, you don't know if it's the last ride or not. But the fact too, hey, they still made the playoffs. They're twelve and four. They were one, and you know what? And even how we were saying earlier with the week seventeen, Miami didn't kill us. You know what? Our defense had a bad game when they should have had a good game. And also too, with everyone playing with the defense. Our, we're, we're probably going to have the defensive player of the year in Stephon Gilmore. No, it's not. Even, well, I say not even close, but he's he's up there. I mean, there's definitely p- people will, uh, that deserve to be up there as well. I'm not saying it's not going to be a close battle, but one thing on that point, okay? Haters are going to hate. Does, does not matter. Like I hate saying it's so it's so cliche, but I use it over and over again because I believe. Like, look, I get it, bro. Your team sucks. Your team keeps losing to New England every year. I get being excited. I don't even. Tweet it out. Have fun. But when you say Dynasty is over for the last five years, you can't say it anymore. Like, of course, eventually you're going to be right if you keep saying it. It's like eventually if I throw this rock at the tree, I'll eventually hit the tree. I mean, <laughs> so it's like, they're like, oh, like, oh, we finally got it right. It's like, I knew it. I knew it was coming. You knew it was coming t- five years ago and two, three Super Bowls later, p- appearances later, you're still wrong. So, I mean. And, and the thing is, Belichick's not going anywhere. And, and I understand I'm going to sound like a homer defending the fact that the 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 uh, franchise isn't going anywhere. I'm going to sound, you know, incompetent, copy, cocky, whatever words you want to use. That's fine. The point is, you know it's not. If Brady comes back, and we'll get to that in a minute, but if Brady comes back, Belichick's here, you, you're going to still fear this team. And and any, I'm not even going to say, I wouldn't say you fear them. You shouldn't fear them right now until they prove it on the field. I'll give you that. But you you know that there's still a possibility that the Pats can go on a run again, and and well, first of all, other fans, I understand that you're tired of seeing the Pats on the top. I get it. I get it from a non-Pats perspective. It's probably sick of you're sick of seeing us. I get that. 
But AFC East teams, I don't know what you have, what proof, anything you have. Congratulations, Dolphins. You beat us in Week 17. You know how many times you've done that? It's, you've done it a lot. And what have you had to show for it in the end? Like Nothing. Last, so like last year too. <laughs> sorry to cut you off, but like you know, I just want to put okay. a point too. Like last year, oh, the Miami miracle happened. Like yeah, as angry as I was about that, just because it's like one of those things where it's just like I can't believe we lost that game. You didn't see them like oh, like you, everyone thought oh, season's done. What do we do? Oh yeah, sure, we had a bad game in Pittsburgh. Rally off two wins, make the charge. Like even like last year too. Everyone doubting us, too. Oh, Phillip Rivers is going to go into New England and just beat Brady. What did they do? They ran man coverage the entire game, and we exposed them and beat them handedly. Then and then it turned into, oh, there's no way in hell they're going to go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. And also, that's the other thing, too, I just want to bring up quickly. I love how last year everyone was vying for the overtime rule just because Patrick Mahomes doesn't get the ball. Yet the Saints don't get the ball this year, and everyone's making it seem like, oh, Saints fans are just going to complain. No, they didn't get the ball. They didn't get the ball. Oh, I got something to say about Saints. That's the only thing I find funny. That's such a double. Like that's the thing with Twitter and a lot of things. Like everything in life's a double standard. Where it's like, okay, because New England, it if it affected the Patriots. Oh, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes should have had the ball because it was Drew Brees. And that's another thing too, like for them having those three like horrible playoff exits. Right. But I just, that's one thing one I just want to bring say. up. But and then and then you know what happens too? Oh, LA, LA is gonna beat them. LA has been not good since. And we held them to a field goal. That great offense and great defense too. So I don't. That's what I just wanted to bring up. But even oh, to yeah. like going into next year, the only team I don't even see them knocking us off. But I feel like next year maybe the similar situation to this year where we are in week fifteen, week sixteen, and there's that game against Buffalo for the division title. That's the only thing I think besides that. I don't know what to think of the Jets it's right now early, and the man, Dolphins. The Dolphins, too, are max yeah. another 4-5-1 to team unless they draft Tua and Tua just lights the world on fire, but I don't see that happening considering his injuries. And the Jets, too. The Jets are a huge question mark. Sure, they went 7-9, and nine, but... I don't trust the Jets, man. I don't trust them. I don't trust Adam Gates. Jets fans can just hate me right now. You already hate me for wearing his hat. Well, I don't even know. You're just... This this is not... You're not seeing that part, but still. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing a Pats hat. But, you know, you automatically hate me by seeing my face, so I don't care if you continue to hate me. You're idiots. I'm sorry. If you think the Jets, the, until you prove it on the field, okay, Jets fans, the only fans that I think have any optimism, should have any optimism going into the season because everywhere else there's too many questions. Jets, there's questions, more, more question marks than in a, uh, in a in a Jeopardy game, okay? But <laughs> that's a random quote. Shout out to but, Jennings. But listen, like, and same thing with the Dolphins, okay? You, you don't, are you going to get two or are you not going to get two or are you going to run with fist magic? I mean, the Bills are the only ones I think that can be optimistic for next season. They had a young quarterback. He made some some stupid rookie decisions in his first playoff game. I think he could bounce back. And like you said, I think we could be fighting for the division next year, depending on all how things work. But you just don't. I don't look. For, it's too way too early. Like I'm not one of these. Fans, oh, it's over! It's over! People like to make generalized statements. No, because there's too much to know. I don't know if Brady's going to play. I don't know if he's if who. No one knows that. If he's going to be in the past, if he's going to be, I mean, random somewhere else, so much can change that I don't, knowing that all that can, that's, that so much stuff can change, I don't try to predict this early in the season. Like, call me, beginning of the season, yeah, I might have some, a lot more thoughts about how I think things can go and how the offense will be go. But uh, one thing to go back to the, the switch back, we're jumping all over the place, but back to the Pats is uh, that is very, people aren't talking about more, which is crazy that, to me that they're not talking about it more, is how important, even more, it shows that Gronk was to this offense. Like, Gronk opened up the door for Edelman to make plays. Like, when Edelman's the one guy, he's easier to stop. Like, if he's the only guy on the field, you can double-team Edelman. 
Like, it's Edelman's a great player, and I love Julian Edelman. He's, like, easily one of my top favorite Patriots of all time. But he literally, like, he's not a number one type guy as far as, like, that star. I don't know exactly how to say it, but the star receiver of quality. When Gronk's on there, then you have to cover Gronk because you can't let Gronk beat you. So you're trying to make plays on Gronk, and so then you got Edelman wide open and things like that. And then also, David Andrews, one of the best offensive linemen in the league, didn't play. Now, the offensive line played great. I can't really say that they they didn't really – I mean, they had some moments with some penalties and stuff. But they played great in the Tennessee game. That was, like, the shocker of it all because I thought, well, that's the one thing that's going to get us. And then one more thing, James Devlin. We had a linebacker in at fullback. That's how – like, I mean, granted, it seems like you could go out and get a fullback, but Pats don't like to spend money on stupid stuff, I guess. But Devlin got hurt. That's gonna that could be a whole big factor when he comes back, like how much that does. So it's just there's a lot that that, that went into it. And uh, the bottom line is though, I will give since I'm like Mr. Positive all the time, uh, from what I've gathered from people, people think I'm 100 uh, percent a homer. But I will give uh, the Pats some some uh, some negative things. And I, what I'll say is uh, some negative uh, toward them is that you ran after you didn't give Brady weapons. You went after a weak Josh Gordon. You traded for a bum and and Muhammad Sanu. Uh, I mean, if he's not a bum, he just isn't smart enough to get the offense, one of the two. I don't know. And uh, you went after Antonio Brown when you had no business doing that. So, that, you know, that's – I'll give – you know, like I said, I'll criticize the Pats too. Same. Like, I'll criticize them. You know what, though? And the thing with Buffalo too is Buffalo's in the same tr- – Buffalo's got a lot of questions this offseason. I looked at their free agency list. Their free agency list is pretty big. The other big factor with the Buffalo Bills too is the same thing with the Patriots. Sure, Cole Beasley's good. Sure, John Brown's good. They don't have that big – what, that big weapon wide receiver. If Buffalo can get that this offseason, I'm going to take the. I think the page, as long as Buffalo, if their receiving core stays the same, I don't know how much further they can go. But if they manage to go out and get a big name receiver, I'll believe them. And also, too, the other thing with the Gronkowski factor is they didn't bother to replace him. This year, I was looking at the free agency list. Hunter Henry is a free agent. He probably will oh, get tagged by yeah. San, I was going to say San Diego. LA probably will tag him. And then, too, with the same thing, too, like how you're saying all those names, they couldn't go in and get a wide receiver. Um, I want to see a full, healthy season from Nikhil Harry. Philip Dorsett this year was a huge hit-or-miss receiver. Like, sure, Dorsett had his moments, but there was a lot of bad moments with Dorsett. Um, Muhammad Sunu just didn't get the playbook. I wanted, If he can go into OTAs and training camp and impress, I think he's good. If not, I do not see him cracking that opening day roster week one. Um, and that's a big thing, too. Like, Joe Tooney was pro- – like, Joe Tooney, I think, was the highest rated. No one beat him. No one swam over Joe Tooney. No one got by Joe Tooney. He was great. I want to see Isaiah win fully healthy. And even though Teddy Karras... I will say real quick, yeah. I do think Joe Tooney's gone. I think they're going to try to tag him, but I don't know how much money he's going to get. If anything, I just hope it's not another him, Nate Solder thing. The only reason I say he's gone is because... I just, and this is, like we said earlier, a lot can change. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Like, I think that he's the same case as like uh, Logan Mankins and, and other top uh, one other guy that just recently left I can't think of his Nate name Nate Solder no well, Nate Solder but it was another one after that, that oh uh, Trent Brown Trent Brown yes thank, thank you yeah. Trent Brown got his money so I think he's gonna I think the offer's gonna be up there now whether New England just decides to pay him that's I mean if Brady's coming back you gotta you're gonna spend you're gonna have to spend all the money I mean this is the, the one thing I'll say you made you had one you got one mistake you, re, you wasted one year with Brady because you didn't get him weapons, and you didn't make sure his team was good around him. Not injuries and all, the, and the Gronk retiring, that's not their fault, things like that. But you got to put everything in the bank for one year. I mean, you got to, I think, I think you do it for one year. I don't even think you do it for two. I think you go all in. You go all, you go all in, we hope, because 
Um, there's obviously an event with a pirate ship coming up in three months at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. But yeah. next February is the Super Bowl there. Go all in. Go all in for Tampa. Do not wait for Los Angeles 2022. Go all in for Tampa Bay for that Super Bowl this year. Because obviously we're not going to be in Miami like I think a lot of us thought we would be. But to the other big factor that like you said with David Andrews. David Andrews and Tom Brady have a mutual trust. Ted Karras was good, but he had a lot of wonky snaps this year. You get David Andrews back at center, a healthy David Andrews, and two, you're going to add in some pieces, like like you said, too. I think Joe Tooney's going to be gone, because even though they can try to tag him, I think he's going to want to get his payday. Um, yeah. Like He'll probably end up going to a team where it's like not that good. The other, only other big question is, too, on the defensive side of the ball, if Kyle Van Noy and J.B. Collins come back, because I know Collins is going to want to get his money. Same thing with KVN, even though he's a, 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 let's say he's a great linebacker, great locker room guy. Um, I think he's gone. I think he, I think they're gone, both gone too. But I can, I can see a sign. No, Jamie Collins isn't going to get the money. He's no. I, Van Noy is going to get a big contract. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jamie Collins is. So I think we could keep. I think we could keep him. Like it wouldn't shock me if like Kyle Van Noy decided to go back to like Detroit or something and get a big contract there. Yeah, uh, I think Van Noy will get a decent sized contract. I don't think he's coming back. No. And good for him. He earned it. Whatever. You know. I yeah. Exactly. And also too. Um, there's just like a lot of things with this team, and also too, um, James De- like James Devlin is another big, big factor because uh, there's if I get bet, they do that goal line stance, or even too there was a third down conversion, third and inches where uh, Landon Roberts got stuffed. James Devlin never gets stuffed, and also too with going out to get a fullback, the only guy that I see that's like legitimate replacements are all on playoff teams like Patrick Demarco with Buffalo, uh, Ricard okay. with Baltimore. Um, one who I'd love to have on my team, but you know he's not going anywhere. Use check out in San Francisco. Those guys, like, Juszczyk's a battering ram, and also to Juszczyk, like, you yeah. can't well, go on against them. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't spend money on a fullback, though, either, so no. that's why they didn't. They didn't do it this year. I, with definitely getting hurt, they just, I mean, if he gets hurt again, I think they would just not, they're not going to try to go after that. The full check, but, I was about to say the full check. The full back position is like when you guys open up a box of cards and you hope that Relic is a one-of-one one or, a, like, a shirt or a mat or something like that, yeah. like, where it's just, you, like, either you're going to be happy or you're going to have, and I reference this with Britain, a Matt Lorenzo just mad meltdown because you got a really bad relic. That's what I think with a fullback is. Fullbacks are always a gamble. You don't know what you're going to get. Like, sure, and also it also depends if the team wants to utilize it. Um, but we did lose one Patriot already. I'm just going to segue because I feel like people are going to tune out because it's all great. They're talking about the Pats all the time. Yeah. But we lost Joe Judge to the New York Giants, which was heavily criticized by a lot of people. But the more I thought about it, I think it's a safer hire than Matt Rule, A, because, look, he worked under Nick Saban. He worked under Bill Belichick. I'm not knocking Matt Rule. I'm just saying, when you're getting paid $7 million as a new head coach, your fan base is going to expect results. Meanwhile, Joe Judge, I feel like, too, with the Giants, they obviously have to work on their defense. Their defense is a huge problem. But And also, too, for the people saying, oh, here's a Patriots wide receiver coach, like they said, catching a ball is not the coach's responsibility. That's the player's responsibility, too. And also, New England has one of the top Special teams in the league. Matthew Stafford. I was going to say Matt Stafford. Matthew Slater. And then they're going to get Justin Bethel. Like Matthew Slater is a football Hall of Famer. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday for special teams work. And also to Bill Belichick, special teams coach. John Harbaugh, special teams coach. And also to special teams coaches. They see both sides of the ball. So I feel like, too, as long as they can get rid of James Betcher in New York, which I know if you're the Lorenzo's listening to this right now or any Giants fan, you're going to praise me for saying that. Yeah, I recognize James Betcher is a bad head coach, and it's also an upgrade for Pat Shermer. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you, uh, I honestly, like when I first heard the first heard the hire, I was actually surprised, but not in a way like, oh, God, they like, why would you draft, like, why would you uh, hire him? I was surprised they actually went after what I thought was actually a smart hire, in a sense, like, 
Um, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't know that he was like in the talks until I started hearing it, but um, I think he's a great. I, now, I do think it's just as big of a risk. Now, I will say I think it's just as big of a risk as like your top profile, or not quite as big, but it's, it's still a risk, you know, as your profile got like a rule uh, for Carolina. Um, I think, you know, there's risks that go with that, but there's also risk with taking a spot. I mean, Belichick's tree has not panned out. You know, it's like, who's the who's the most successful? Like, I've I've asked myself this question all the time. Like, I'd say Mike Vrabel, to be honest. And right now, it's and, and Bill and Bill Bill O'Brien too, but Bill O'Brien's still got a lot of proving to do. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it my, could be. I mean, Bill O'Brien takes it to the Super Bowl, then that would be the he'd be, he'd take the hit because yeah. no one else has gone to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. uh, and also too, I would say Romeo Cornell as well. I know he hasn't done a lot, but Romeo Cornell is a very yeah. respected guy yeah. in the. Well, as far, I'm as far as head coaching, like they oh, okay, head coaching, head yeah, coaching. Yeah. Okay, I'm just talking about as far as head coaching. So, but I think the Gi- I, I I'd love to say that it was a horrible. I'd love to laugh at the Giants, but I can't. I think it's a good hire. I think it's um. The right hire, um, I will say, transitioning to the ne- another coaching hire, the one I laugh at is Mike McCarthy to the Cowboys. And and the reason why I laugh at that one is because Jerry Jones literally took everything in him to just not even fire a player's coach and, J- and, and a Jason Garrett, who should have been fired long ago, but slowly push him out only to bring in another high-profile name, which Jason Garrett wasn't a high-profile name, but still, bringing in a high-profile name that's literally a player's coach. Like, I, like couldn't, this dude, literally, okay, now yes, he did win before, but once, like, the we're talking about the latter Mike McCarthy, couldn't get Aaron Rodgers to the playoffs. Couldn't do it. Now, injuries, all there's a lot of other stuff, but he his play calling was atrocious. And you're, t- I mean, granted, you're going to a, arguably one of the most talented teams in the league if they keep Prescott and all and, you know and, and Amari and all that but I just I don't like that hire at all I laugh at Dallas for that I get it because it's Jerry Jones but I just do not get that hire whatever I honestly said real quick is I think that Ron Rivera was the best hire that Dallas could have got now it's not their fault he went to the Redskins but still that I would have been throwing money at Ron Rivera I just I don't know I just thought that was a good fit the only thing I have to understand with Ron Rivera is, is what he would put up with Jerry Jones's bullshit. Because, like, look, even though you're going to a dysfunctional owner like um, Dan Snyder. He needs that guy, though. Dallas, if Dallas wants to win, they need a guy that's going to test. Jerry needs, Jones needs to be tested. You he know what? Like, obviously, because he keeps picking guys that are yes men, but. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a very. I was suspicious with Mike McCarthy. It's. I, I saw Michael Irvin talking about this on the NFL Network where. It's not you didn't go out and get your high profile guy like they could have in Lincoln Riley, for example, which I'll get into where I think he should be next year. Or they didn't keep Garrett. The only thing is too, how much of a it would be like if you or I were at work, you know you're getting fired, and like you haven't been let go yet, but there's already a new person that's starting and you gotta show them around. That's what happened with Jason Garrett. And also too, I that think the fact that Jerry broke the news decided to let the news leak. During the wild card game that involved your biggest rival, the Eagles, I think oh, that's a little low. Just because, look, you like, oh, good lord, I'm trying to find my right words. The fact too that it's oh, we want to steal the Eagles' thunder. It's just that didn't make sense to me. But at the same time too, I think Mike McCarthy, he'll have, and also too, he's more of a pass happy coach. So I'm really excited to see what he does with Ezekiel Elliott. But I think they'll have a few good seasons. Maybe they'll win a Super Bowl if they can keep their core together. I don't know. They still got some more to do defensively, especially with their secondary. But I feel like for the first few years, it's going to be like a happy marriage. And then like Green Bay, you're going to go downhill. Because even to your point, how are you saying, sure, you couldn't get to the playoffs even with Rodgers was hurt? Look at what Mike Tomlin did this year with Pittsburgh. A very depleted Pittsburgh Steeler roster. You missed the playoffs by one game. 
with Green Bay, they were out by, I think, I think like week 13 and 14, and even two last year, when the Arizona Cardinals were horrendous, you lose to them, and that was the final straw. Like, that's the only thing thing about that hiring. And then to the Ron Rivera stuff, it is a great hiring for the Washington Redskins, but to, I want to see, like, where they go forward, because you'd expect the Washington Redskins to do something like, oh, go get, like, a Matt Rule or Mike McCarthy in the sense of it's a safer hire, but the fact that they went and pushed their chips to Ron Rivera and they know, hey, it's going to be a few-year process, you're a defensive guy too, and he also brought in Jack Del Rio, who I think would have loved to have replaced... I love that, yeah. Who would have loved to have replaced um, Rod Marinelli in Dallas, but instead they went out and got that uh, linebacker's coach of the Saints. His name's not ringing to me right now. But with Dallas too, it's just like, you're in the worst division of football. Um, Amari Cooper actually is attracting. I heard the Saints are interested in him, which I don't know why you would be. If you have... If you have Cooper and Thomas there, like, good lord, and Jared Cook, too. That's who I think. Uh, now, granted, I don't know. we got to see what Dallas is going to do with all their stuff and everything. But I think Amari Cooper to the Pats would be great. Oh, I would I, love Amari to the Pats. Like, I, was, I would love him. Especially, too, yeah, yeah. Bill can go talk. Bill Belichick can go to talk to Saban being like, what kind of guy is Amari Cooper? He does it with Greg Schiano. That's why they went on and got Muhammad Sanu. And that's why, also, too, they've got Jason McCourty, Devin McCourty, Deron Harmon. He trusts Greg Schiano with Rutgers, and he also, too, has a really good friendship with Saban. So if there's an Alabama guy that's a free agent, you know Bill Belichick's going to at least, even if they don't sign him, they're going to be in on him. Oh, yeah, they're, they're going to look take a look at him for sure. Yeah. And I think with the Redskins, I just, like, the reason why I like the Ron Rivera hires, I think it's a, it's an edgy, he's an edgy coach. He's, not, he's like, not a player's coach. He's going to get things done. Um, and then Jack Del Rio, I just... Now, the problem is always with the Redskins is they don't have the talent or someone gets hurt. And, you know, it's like they have the worst when it comes to injuries, it feels like. But uh, I think he, I think he get, could get the Red – in the NFC East, the way it's at right now, I think he could get them in the conversation. I ain't saying beyond that. We'll see what happens. But, um, I mean, he was able to get to Carolina to the Super Bowl. You know, so, um, I mean, they didn't win, but they, he was at least able to get them there. So, I mean, I think um, – I mean, like I said, I, I, I think – I like most – I just think Dallas, Dallas is – will always be Dallas until Jerry Jones is gone. Like, if you look at the Raiders, the Raiders did have now done things, I mean, I hate to say it, but since Al Davis has, has passed, like, have actually done things that are better to better their organization since then uh, that would have never happened under Al Davis. So now I think that's, like, the same thing with Jerry Jones. I mean, I'm, I'm not wishing death upon him or anything like that, but I think until Jerry, unless Jerry Jones wakes up in his old age, he's going to hold the Dallas Cowboys back. I mean, that, t- that team is, it, it is unexcusable, and I hate the Dallas Cowboys. But it's in, unexcusable, whatever. It is inexcusable for that talent to not have made the playoffs. Inexcusable. It's just inexcusable. And even, too, for the fact, too, like, I talked to Britain, with Britain about this last week, where you have big games. You go to New England. You only allow. You only score nine points. You go into New Orleans. You let New Orleans beat you by scoring field goals. That game was 12-10. to 10. New Orleans got four field goals. You only got one touchdown. You have Thanksgiving, which I know you have every year, but you have a marquee game coming in against a good Buffalo team. You look like shit. You go to Chicago, you can't win. Um, sure, you beat the Rams, but then you have to go to Philly. Oh, biggest game of the year. You lose that, too. Like, with the Cowboys, it was just missed opportunity after missed opportunity. And with the Cowboys and the Patriots, it's the same. And I, we're both country fans, so I can quote this Kane Brown song, What If. That's what, what if? I'm going to be doing for the next, like, seven and a half months. Until I see Patriot football again, it's going to be, oh, what if we had done this? What if we had done that? That's going to be my... That's going to be... For that, but no, just with the Redskins next year too. I think you know what they go six and ten. That's a successful season because they know. Look, we're moving in the right direction, and also too, I think if you can get a full season of health out of Darius Geis, it'll be better for them. Yeah, and just you know, see what you have at quarterback position. Alex Smith might be finally ready to come back. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so, but yes, yeah, so I don't know. If we're, 
what you want to talk about next? The the, the rest of the last week's games, real quick. Uh, uh we we'll talked about most of them. One thing I'll say about the Saints. I'll just yeah. say this: the only thing I really care outside of other games. There's not really much to talk about, but yeah. except for the laughter of the Bills and Texans game, that was pretty funny at the, towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> it was just funny. I don't know why. Um, I don't hate either team, but uh, the Saints. Like you got to stop making excuses, bro. Like even Matt. Like I, the one Saints fan I know the most is Matt Beast. For those of you that know who that is. Um, like he even, he listed a, like a, a plethora of stuff that they could have done to win that game. Like quit making it. Oh, it's the, I know it's coincidence that it's the last. Like they're like they're the same thing with the Vikings. It's close, you know, or like Raiders slash, slash Rams or whatever. You know, it's close games, last minute things and stuff. But it's like quit making excuses and go out there. Like I actually thought the Saints were going to this. I thought they were the best uh, tuned to, to make it to the Super Bowl. And then they, you know, the Vikings. I don't know. We'll see what they do next week, but. Um, it's like, come on, Saints! You got to stop making excuses, man. You got to. Sean Payton, you're better than that. Like, uh, you got to, you got to go back to old Sean Payton because now you're starting to make excuses and whining, and your team's not getting there. So, yeah. um, and I live with two Saints fans. My dad and my sister love that team. But like, even this year too, I was actually fortunate. The four of us, and my mom included, we went down to a game in New Orleans. We saw them play Tampa Bay, which they won. Uh, it's a great place to see a game. Oh, holy crap! The stadium's a lot bigger than it was for WrestleMania. It just felt like that. But with the Saints too, yeah, like you can't blame. The offensive pass interference, or that was potential on Kyle Rudolph, the reason why he lost the game. I think it was you good can't you can't let that was... you can't let that bomb to Adam Thielen. Like even though too, I may get criticized for this, you can't let Adam Thielen make that catch. That's it's like it's like the George Kittle game. As soon as George Kittle went downfield, I'm like, like George Kittle is also another animal. We'll get into that in a bit. But that's the only thing too, because with the Saints, they get injury trouble here and there too. But at the same time too. With some reason with playoffs, like it's that mental mind factor where you had the Minneapolis miracle, the bad defensive pass interference that wasn't called, and now this incident with Minnesota. I think it's going to be a lot tougher for them to reset at zero and zero next year, especially too with the NFC getting a lot better because the Rams. You never know what they're going to be next year. You know San Francisco is going to be there. You know Seattle is going to be there. NFC East, we'll wait and see. You know that Minnesota probably will be in the mix. You know Green Bay is going to be in the mix. Chicago, too. Chicago's a complete wild card right now. If they can either turn their play around or Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy can go back to playing how they did in the 2018 season, you don't know what that. So with the Saints, too, and also, too, they have a big quarterback free agency situation. Yeah, they do. They do. And also, too, I feel like they should have played Taysom Hill more. Taysom Hill was the best player on the field during that game. You made the case, yeah. yeah. I can't argue against that, I guess. But, um, I mean... Michael Thomas is unreal. I would sell a kidney for him to be a Patriot. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I just this, that's the only thing I, as, as far as the Saints go and uh, and stuff. But we can, you know, I don't know if you want to transition to the next week's games or not or what. But. Let's do it. Speaking of which, you just talked about their game briefly. Um, we got the 49ers and Vikings. This game means a little bit to Phil and I because making his playoff debut. Sure, he's got two Super Bowls, but he was the backup. We got Jimmy. Jimmy G. We got Jimmy G, the pride of uh, Eastern Illinois University. Jimmy G or die. Um, against the Vikings, I am really intrigued to see this game because you've got the number one seed. For them getting this bye, I think, was really big because their bye was week four this year. So they were playing for three straight months. If they had to play wild card weekend, I don't know how that would have gone. But the one thing, and also, too, you could tell with this with Kirk Cousins, if Minnesota's offensive line holds up against that ferocious defensive line in San Francisco where you got, like, DeForest Buckner... Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, Quan Alexander's coming back. Um, who's the other guy? Uh, he was uh, D Ford, and also to and Fred Warner, and also to how the San Francisco uh, secondary handles like Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, and also to how Dalvin Cook runs. If they slow down or if they have Kirk Cousins on his ass early and often, 
I'm sorry, you're not winning that game. But if I think I am going to pick San Francisco to win this game, but I think it would not shock me if it was like 27 to 21. Like Minnesota does have their way, but in the end, San Francisco just does a little bit more to win this. And also, too, I want to see how the playoff nerves wear on Jimmy G because you're the first game, it's your first playoff home game. There's big expectations for you to be in Miami in three weeks' time, which we will see who ends up being there. We don't know right now because obviously I am not a time traveler. But. I, I'm going to pick San Francisco to win, but honestly, if Minnesota kept it close, that's the other big thing, too, how Minnesota's secondary is, because that secondary has been really up and down this year. And if Minnesota's defensive line, too, if you can handle the run, and also, too, who's going to stop George Kittle? You shut him down, it's like taking Gronkowski out of the game. It's like how the Vikings' defense took Michael Thomas out of the game. If you can play George Kittle the same way you did Michael Thomas, obviously I know there's a big size difference. I'm going to see it to Minnesota potentially winning, but in the end of things, I'm still going to stick with the 49ers. Yeah, I think Minnesota proved last week they can beat anybody. If they put everything together, if they put, you know, um, you know, it's just they. Have, I think they have the talent. I think Minnesota proved that a couple of years ago and just dropped a dud against the Eagles. But, um, you know, it's just it was the Eagles' year too as well. But um, I, th- I think I think I, th- I don't know that Vikings team. Something I, I mean, they always say don't don't get caught up in what you see on Wild Card Weekend because sometimes it just means nothing the next week, which is very, 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 very true. Look at the Chargers last year. What? Look at the Chargers last year. They went into Baltimore, made Lamar Jackson look regular, like a regular quarterback. Next week, like how I said earlier, oh, everyone was expecting, they're going to go in, they're going to beat Brady, no problem. They had they made it a 7-7 game, but after that, you know what happened? Joey Bosa couldn't get through to uh, Brady. Melvin Ingram couldn't. And at the same time, too, like I said, they did not switch up their defensive scheme. Anthony Lynn was confident in it. And you know what? Even though they came back and it was 41-28, to that game was a blowout. Yeah, That's where that, I mean, want to wait to see, too, because I do not want to take yeah, so, I, wanna, I don't want to take this so lightly. But at the same time, too, I don't want to basically make it seem like, oh, hey, they're going to go into San Francisco and win. I would love to see it win just for the chaos factor, and we'll get into Baltimore and Tennessee in a sec. But that's, that's just one point I wanted to add on with the whole never take what happens to wild card weekend for granted. So, I mean, I think, like I said, I think the Vikings could very – I wouldn't be shocked if they won. I know it would be like everybody would be like, oh, my God, the Vikings beat the Niners. But I think because of their talent and everything, I wouldn't be that shocked. Um, and because Niners have shown some weakness. I, you know, I, I'm proud of what Jimmy G's doing and stuff. But, you know, they've shown some weaknesses. And no one's perfect left in this playoffs. I don't care. You can say Baltimore while you won't. No one's perfect, and I'll get to each reason why when we talk about their games. But I mean, I think Minnesota, you know, has a shot, and you, like you said, first game, you never know what could happen. And it's like also, I think this is true. Like we said, with you know, don't judge everything from wild card weekend into the divisional round. I think also some people just don't play well off of a bot. Some people do, like you were just talking about. Maybe the Niners do need that bot, but maybe they didn't. You know, maybe they're one of those teams. I don't. I think they. They're. I agree with you. I think they're the team that did. But there's another team I'm going to talk about that I think. I wouldn't be shocked if it hurt them that they got the bye, and we'll talk about that uh, when they, when we bring that game up. I won't spoil that, but I, 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 I got the Niners too. I, I think wanna, the Niners win. I just want to bring up one quick point Diego about Samuel from the Gamecocks. So I'm I'm really hoping uh, for I'm rooting for I'm not rooting for the Niners. I'm rooting for Debo and Jimmy G. So um, they, look, Sam, I'm gonna just cheer for San Francisco because of the Jimmy G factor. But with uh, what was I gonna say? Also, too, with the factor of like two, you don't know what happens Wild Card Weekend. And also to how the bye can hurt you. Look what happened to the Patriots that one year that the Jets were hot. The Jets came and everyone thought, too, oh, New England's going to take care of business, no problem. Rex Ryan went out there and said, hmm, we don't we don't care, Bart Scott. Like, the Bart Scott famous can't wait game. That's why it would surprise me, too. But now and we're going to mail the next week. Exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. I just want to make that point. But now we've got oh, yeah. Baltimore versus Tennessee. 
I like Baltimore, but also, too, I think this game's going to come down to, is Derrick Henry going to run wild again? Is Henry, is Henry going to have another 182-yard game? Or is Lamar Jackson going to be Lamar Jackson? But at the same time, too, Lamar's got a three-week bye considering he, or two-week bye because he didn't play Week 17 either against the Steelers. Even though they took care of business, I don't know if that hurts you, that rust coming off. And also, too, with Baltimore, I like them. It's just the only thing that worries me is, too, you have a Tennessee team who's rolling, and they haven't had that many hiccups this year. Their last loss was September 29th. Like, I'm just going to make a reference. All the Lee Wrestling still had not debuted Dynamite yet before the last time they lost. So when it, And also, too, like if you look at also the previous Super Bowl winners, there's a lot of question marks. I think if they had lost like that game against San Francisco back in December, I would take them more. Why? Because they have that bad, sour taste in their mouth. They don't have that anymore. It's just continual primetime good performances and just, oh, hey, here are the Ravens. People think they doubt them, but at the same time, too, playoffs, to pl- primetime in the playoffs to primetime in the regular season, those are two totally different animals. Yeah, and I, and I think what I was literally referencing to the last uh, few minutes ago, um, Baltimore's that team. I think that Baltimore's that team that did not need the bye. And like you said, they essentially got two bye weeks. This is a team that was on fire. You know how to throw out a fire? Don't let the fire go anymore. <laughs> Put out the fire, you just pour water on it because they're not playing in the game. That's literally what they did. And I think it's the worst thing that could happen to the Ravens. Now, the good thing for the Ravens is they're getting the Titans because I believe they can win that game no matter what. Um, and the reason why is because you saw our offense. We talked about that earlier in the show. Is that like the Titans ran all over us and still only had a one-point lead. They're, they can run all over Baltimore. They're not getting a one-point lead because when they give the ball right back to uh, Baltimore, eventually Baltimore is going to score. <laughs> they just have that offense. They have a way more powerful offense with Ingram and, and Jackson playing outrageous. Even if they start to, to a rough start and, and Tennessee takes a lead, I, could, I wouldn't be shocked if that started, if it started that way. But eventually, tennis, Ryan Tannehill has to win you the game. And if he does, you're going to have a story for the lifetime. Ryan Tannehill is going to have a playoff run to, for the ages. <laughs> but he's going to get paid. but Because <laughs> he is also a free agent, by the way. Um, so, But anyways, yeah, so I think you know Ryan Tannehill, it's going to come to him. I, like I can't imagine that game goes the same way as New England, and they shut down Baltimore, and uh, Baltimore's offense can't do anything. I just don't think it's going to happen that way. So I think they got lucky, lucky, whatever. I mean, lucky may not be the right word, but I think they're they should be blessed, lucky, whatever you want to call it, to get Tennessee. Because I think if we would have won, I would have been picking Texans in the upset over Baltimore. I just had a feeling. I don't know. I just have a feeling that this. Baltimore team is going to start off rough, but it's not going to matter because they're playing Tennessee, and they can start off rough against a Tennessee team that doesn't have that like wow offense in a sense, you know. So um, that Derrick Henry is going to be a beast, but if they stop Derrick Henry now, what does Tannehill do? And prove me wrong, Ryan Tannehill, yeah. gladly prove me wrong. Big Rat would, would have a field day if he proved me wrong. But um, I just I think I think the Ravens I think it's close early because of like I said rust. Every it can't help but put uh, wipe that off. Or, or have rust in the, in general when you start the game. But I do think I think Baltimore wins easily in the end. You know how Week 15 there was a game against the Bengals where, people, where we were all going into it very questionable because of the Houston loss and the Kansas City loss. And Cincinnati, Joe Mixon had a great first quarter running against us. I think they were up 10-7 to going into the half, or it was 10-10 at halftime. Yeah, like I can see that happening. Second half opens up. 
if you like, it's like to whoever's gonna. I'm thinking Baltimore too. But if you force either quarterback to throw, Lamar Jackson's gonna have more success. Why? He's got more weapons around him. Sure, Tennessee's got weapons. Baltimore's got a three-headed monster at tight end that I would kill to have either one, any one of those three guys. Hayden Hurst, Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst from the Gamecocks, Mark Andrews, any one of those three to be on the Patriots. Mark Andrews was a fantasy stud, by the way. Um, when it comes to throwing, too, I trust Lamar Jackson. Doing also, too, you got Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown is like he's had his ups and downs this year, but I think he's due for like he'll. I think he'll have a good game in the playoffs too. Yeah, so and I mean, then, I think, like I said, I think, I think this is the matchup that the Ravens uh, probably needed um, in a sense because I, I think if we end up playing Kansas City and they play uh, the Texans, I think that's an upset. Now Texans have to show up because you know, we'll, and we'll get to that game in a minute. But yeah, and here's the they other have thing: the talent to do so. Yeah, and here's the other thing too. Um, I think, and I back to my point about the Patriots Cincinnati game. But you know how that game ended up forty? I think it was forty three to thirteen, or like 34, 34 13, Excuse me. No, it's thirty four. Yeah, I didn't think it was forty. It was 30, 34. That I think that's going to happen in the second half where Ryan Tannehill gets exposed. He's going to throw a pick. I could see a pick six potentially happening. And that's why that's why too like everyone going into halftime. Oh, Baltimore's got this. But then if. Baltimore or Tennessee's got this, and then I think if that happens, Baltimore's going to go in halftime. John Harbaugh is going to kick them all in the ass. Go, guys! Who the fuck are we? Like he's going to part of my trench. Sometimes I don't care if I swear on this because I'm not censored. He's going to walk in, just put his like, just kick them all in the butt, send them back out there, and they go out and they put up 24 points in the second half, and Tennessee's held maybe a field goal or two. Just that's my only thing with that. So I think the game, I could see this. I'm going to say 31 to 10 is the final score of this game. I think at first you have Tennessee come out. Tennessee looks good. Baltimore takes a second. They get yelled at on the sidelines. You know how you see those Patriot games where Bill Belichick is just giving it to the defense on the sidelines? I think John Harbaugh, Don Wink Martindale are going to do that. And Baltimore is going to win. That's my prediction. Um... Before, like I know Phil said we we're going to talk about this in a minute, but I want to take a break between Saturday and Sunday just to quickly talk about the college football playoff. And, Phil, I'm going to have to unfortunately meet you for a second because friend of the show, and he will be a guest at some point, an LSU fan, Alex Lorenzo. I texted him today. He was trying to get him on, but time, uh, times just weren't work out. And I asked him, why do you think LSU is going to win? And here's what Alex had to say to me. And brace for this. It's a long quote. Because they have the best offense in maybe the history of college football, with a quarterback who is having the best year in college football, he completes almost 80% of passes to a receiver, receiving core who can make Odell and Landry look human. Jefferson and Chase are the best wide receiver duo in, in football, and when you get to add Marshall and Moss and then add a running game with Clyde Edwards-Elair, it's unstoppable. LSU put up 50-plus points in seven games this year. They beat C- the they beat six teams ranked lower than 10. Joe Brady brought over the Saints offense and has worked to perfection. The one knock on the team was the defense, but since safety, Grant Del- Delpit came back to the defense, as they've been as good as any, shut down Georgia in the SEC title game to 10 points and held Oklahoma to 28 in a playoff game. It's a season of destiny, it seems, and winning a national championship in New Orleans just seems like the perfect ending. Oh my God, that was a lot. I do agree with Alex. Once I saw, and also too the fact too, like he said, they beat Alabama, they beat Auburn, they beat Georgia, they handled Georgia and Oklahoma too. I always, um, my parents, my girlfriend were asking me this uh, too. I, you know, Jessica, um, 
when they asked me about this uh, the LSU Oklahoma game, I said Oklahoma's going to get exposed because Big Twelve does not know how to play defense. I don't watch that much college football. I don't really have a team with college football. Like I know you're a Gamecock fan. You're uh, I think Coastal Carolina. There you go. There you um, go. Yep. I don't. I don't remember the name. The name of the team I just remember it's the school and then the birds are logo. Um, but I just watch college football as like a fan who just. I just love a good story and I love to see a good game like we saw with, um, Ohio State and Clemson and also too with LSU Oklahoma. I think I just agree with them in the sense too with this college football game that it's a storybook ending and at the same time too if Clemson does struggle like they did against Ohio State, I don't think there's going to be a moment in that game where. You have like that the player that gets ejected and the game just flips. If it happens, it happens. But I think LSU's smarter than that, and also too, how can you not love Coach O? He's he's pretty he's pretty awesome. I do I do love I just love to hear him talk. But um, as you as you as you you said and and I've said multiple times, you know, shouting about my Gamecock boys. Being a Gamecock fan, I know a lot about this Clemson team. I've watched them. You know, I, I, my mom's a Clemson fan. A lot, my sister. Uh, you know, several of my friends, really close, very close friends, are, are Clemson fans. Uh, I'm not. I hate them. But anyway, <laughs> but I'm, I can respect what they've done, and, and their run is a lot like, you know, very uh, championship like, like New England. So I think I, I look at him like that. And my boy Hunter Renfro, I do like him because uh, he's a local boy, and uh, so and, and so it's cool to see. It was cool to see him do do well at Clemson. But but yeah. I, let me say, LSU is, I mean, Alex killed it in every point. I mean, they're having the season of a lifetime. I mean, people people never thought, I mean, Tebow had some amazing seasons at, at Florida. This is not even, like, it's not even close. Like, this Joe Burrow is having the best college football season of a quarterback ever, um, So or in college. So, I mean, I think, how do you pick against LSU? You know, you look at it like that, but I think, with me, it's like I still think the game could go either way, and the reason why I do is because Clemson is a championship team. They've been there. They've been. They've suffered the loss in in the national championship. They've gone on to win to beat to do something that. You, and like I said, you you as a casual college football fan, you might not know this, but I mean down here it's SEC, SEC, and I'm a Gamecock fan, but the SEC is very top heavy. And so, but it was still like SEC. You can, Clemson can't Clemson can't go through the AC can go through the little cupcake ACC all they want. But when they play an SEC team, they're going to get their butt whooped. Well, they butt whipped and destroyed Alabama last year. Destroyed them, made them look like a a peewee team. So I don't want to hear Clemson can't play because they can and they came to play and they've already proven that with their two national well three now uh, counting their uh, previous one, but two national championships in the last few years. So. I don't want to hear, you know, that they can't they can't make it happen. So, um, don't fear. Don't think that LSU is going to come in here and roll over. Because I can tell you one thing: has Clemson seen a team like LSU all year? No one. No, no. There's not a chance. Which I think that's why they struggled against Ohio State. I said they would. I said if Ohio State's any bit legit, which a lot of times when they get the playoffs, Clemson destroys them. So I was like, if they destroy it, then Ohio State wasn't legit. If Ohio State brings a game, then they're legit, and Clemson will have to adjust because Clemson's not Clemson's fault, but haven't hasn't had a big schedule this year. Everyone in the ACC is down, so it's not, and that's not Clemson's fault. And they scheduled an SEC team in Texas A&M. They they ended up not being what they thought they were. So my point is, is that Clemson needed that Ohio State game. They they had played Oklahoma. They'd have killed Oklahoma, I believe. Not nothing against Jalen Hurts and, and that offense, but I think they would have done the same. Not. Maybe not fifty points or sixty or whatever it was LSU scored, um, but I don't. Uh, maybe they wouldn't have done that much, but they would have. I think they would have won easily against Oklahoma. I think the game that they needed was against Ohio State, and they, the game was close. Ohio State was, you know, was in it, but then Clemson was able to battle back like a true championship team, 
pains me to say that. I don't want to see him win another championship. So LSU, do your do your job. But 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 I got to be honest. I got to be an analyst in a sense of like Clemson's got what it takes. They they needed the, the close game. They came back. They won the game. Um, you know, even though you know you could make arguments that there's times where Ohio State should have you know could have easily sealed the deal, but they didn't. They had opportunities to do it. A perfect, I mean, literally a fluke play at the end that happens one out of ten times is the reason why the Clemson intercepted them. So, um, guys, uh, Phil, keep going. I'm just gonna be back in one quick second. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I think that you know when it comes to Clemson, I was like, I think you can't disrespect them. I mean, don't. Uh, I think Alabama learned that the hard way. Uh, you know, in the years that they played them in the championship. So, um, but LSU is is great. I think LSU it could very well. Um, or is very well going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a shootout for the ages, man. I, I just, I really believe this is a back and forth game. I don't see any team like both teams have had their warm up game. Clemson played a, played their best team all year in Ohio State, and they handled business in the end. So I think that that's good for Clemson in the sense of the national championship game. So I think that um, it's going to be a good game. I, and LSU hasn't seen anyone. I don't care what they've seen in the in uh, seen this year uh, in their teams. They haven't seen someone like Clemson. And, and if you don't watch college, if you watch college football and don't think that, I think you uh, you're uh, highly mistaken because uh, I don't think they've seen a team like Clemson because Clemson's D line is. I mean, there's a reason why every D lineman from Clemson in the last few years is getting drafted. Uh, it's just there's a reason, um, and their cornerbacks are actually better than they have been in the past. So I think, um, and I can't it, trust me. You think it? You think that I like saying this about Clemson? I don't. <laughs> I wish I was wrong about every one of my comments, but I think it's gonna be a game. I think it's. Um, it's going to be a game. That's all I got. Joe Burrow, I can't wait to watch him to see what he can do against Clemson's defense. Um, so um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. Trevor Lawrence is going to play out. I mean, as much as I think people have downplayed, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has had some rough patches this year, but with the way Joe Burrow is playing, you know, you don't you kind of forget about every other quarterback. But Trevor Lawrence is a beast. That run run he did against Ohio State was clutch as clutch gets. Like I was I was like wow. I was like wow. That's a star. I mean, it just is. I, I can't, you know, there's no other way to uh, around it. But I think LSU wins, but I think it's a shootout, man. I just really do. Do you remember, um, and I'm back, guys. Uh, sorry, I had to step out. I had to go to the washroom. Um, do you remember the game a few years ago in Phoenix when it was Deshaun Watson going up against Derrick Henry and it was 45-40? I'm picking LSU to win two, but I don't think they have it as easy as Oklahoma. I think there's going to be plays that Burroughs makes. And also, here's the other thing, too. Both teams have weapons at wide receiver. T. Higgins is not to be taken lightly. Travis Etienne is a hell of a running back. And also, too, I want to see how Clemson's backs in their secondary... Also, Justin Ross is, is a beast, too. Yeah, Justin Ross. They also, too, I think it's going to be a big battle, too, of the offensive lines in this game of how is Burrow protected, how is Lawrence protected, because if Lawrence runs around like he did to the Ohio State defense... This is a totally different game. I just want, and I'm excited to see the coaching matchup too, and also too, how does the tiger fear the tiger? How does even though even though the tiger Mike and the Clemson tiger, like the Clemson tiger, like the mascot looks like something that a kid made in the dorm rooms at Clemson. Yeah, I don't know why they've ever changed it. I've asked all the Clemson fans I know. I don't know why they stick to that one. <laughs> and also too, the other intriguing the other intriguing storyline in this matchup is the winner gets the rights to call their stadium Death Valley. Yeah, the Battle of Death Valley. Yeah, the yeah. Battle of the Tigers and the Battle of Death Valley. I want to say a score just because I like to. I'm going LSU 49 to 41. Okay, I think, I, I'm gonna say, I don't think it's that high. I do think it's going to be a shootout. But I'm going to go 34 LSU, 
Clemson 30. If, we'll go 34 to 30. If Phil's score is right, the under will happen, and Clemson will cover the spread. The spread's 5.5 right now, and 69.5, I think it is, is the over-under. Um, I, 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 I want to say, for like, my my mind, I want to say 49-41, but in my, like, actual beliefs, I think Phil's score is more accurate. Like, the 30, like, uh, 34 to 30. Like, I think that's more accurate, but... You know what, guys? That's that's our, our quick college football rant because we obviously, like we say, it's just the one game. It's a national championship. Let's go on now to Deshaun Watson's or Clemson. Yesterday, you got some Clemson Tigers playing in this game with like DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson going into Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. If this was the Kansas City team of last year, I would pick Houston to win because, and also this is the other thing, the reason why I was making too. If Deshaun Watson plays the way he did against Buffalo, if he gets off to that start, Kansas City's not going to let up like the Buffalo Bills. This is an experienced football team who was, let's argue, one bad offside on their part away from going to the Super Bowl last year. This is also why, too, why I was a little like hesitant with Baltimore because Kansas City's got that bad taste in their mouth. And also this year, too, who thought Kansas City was going to be anything after Patrick Mahomes got hurt? Like, they lost to Green Bay... Sure, they beat Minnesota, but then they beat they lost Tennessee. But then after that, they just ran the table. Like, oh, they have a big time game against Oakland. Took care of them. Came into Gillette Stadium and beat us. Um, take took care of Denver. Took care of Chicago. Took care of the Chargers to get the bye. I think Kansas City's the team where the bye came in the most handy, considering too they are banged up. And here's the other thing too: Houston's got a terrible offensive line. Their defense is suspect. We saw J.J. Watt, I'll reference this a lot, pull the John Cena 2008 on us, coming back three months after tearing his pec. Yeah. Um, and also, too, who's going to cover Travis Kelsey? Like, it's the same thing, too, with Kansas City, like I was saying with New England. You can double Travis Kelsey. You've got uh, Coleman. You've got Tyreek Hill. You've got... All these other weapons you can go to. And you also, too, have Damian Williams running the ball. And also, too, guess what? You have the league MVP from last year who's a wizard and who can just get the most weird and errant throws to look like beautiful masterpieces. I'm going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs to win 28-17. to I still think this is a close game, but in the end of the time, too, I think that Kansas City defense is just going to clamp down and force Deshaun Watson to make errant throws. And also, too, I think there's a very good chance. And I'm excited to see this, too. Tyron Matthew against DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, this is this game, I think this is probably, well, this will be the, eh, yeah, it probably will be the best matchup of the weekend, probably, as far as just closeness and everything. I think this game could be the closest game. Um, but I actually disagree. I think Kansas City last year was better than this team. And I know their defense is, is better. I, I, I understand that. But I just don't think this team is special like they were last year. This team, that team had, that team was like all but in the Super Bowl, and then New England went in and beat them. So, and which and had to do it in overtime. Granted, I'm not saying it was easy, but I just don't think Kansas City's that same team. And off the bot, like Kansas City was like, you know, had a chance to get momentum up before they came to uh, before they played New England. I, I mean, I don't know. I just. I don't know. I just have a feeling that this is finally going to be the chance that the JJ Watt coming back. It's kind of like Ray Lewis esque. No, I mean he didn't come back. He was just like his swan songs year. But I don't know. 
I got a feeling the Texans the Texans might have a run in them. Um, I'm not saying we'll see how it goes this week, but I, I think the Texans beat the Chiefs. I think they upset them. Uh, I don't really have a clue what the score would be. Maybe like I don't know. I, I just think Deshaun Watson is special, and I think if he can put it together, I mean, every every so often you see a star kind of come out, and I think this could be his come out game. As far I mean, we all know he's already a star, but I mean, he could be his come out game in the playoffs. Um, it's just a matter of, like you said, can the defense stop Mahomes? You know, that's still the question mark. You know, J.J. Watt can only do so much. And, you know, you saw the Bills. You got to take the Bills to overtime. So, not overtime. Did they go? That yeah. was overtime, wasn't it? Yeah, they went overtime. overtime. So, yeah. Um, so I, but I think the Tech, I don't know. Like I said, history says not a chance. Texas have always sucked in the divisional round. I don't know why. They just flat an egg. Like, they could be a decent team, have a decent team, but just never show up in the divisional round, apparently. But uh, I think this year they do it. I don't know. Call me crazy. I got to pick it up. I don't think all four, all four, one, all four uh, bye week teams win. So I think this is the upset. I think Texans beat the Chiefs. I'm, or one I'm, of the upsets. I'm, I'm picking Kansas City because ever since the Patriots got out, I kind of want to see Patrick Mahomes get a Super Bowl and also to Andy Reid just for sentimental value. And also, too, because, and we didn't get this in the head coaching search, but. Eric Bieniemy, and also too, with the whole stuff with the Rooney Rule, which I think right now is just a PR stunt by the NFL. Um, Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach. It would not shock me though if Houston does win this game, just because to remember, who went into Arrowhead Stadium when Patrick Mahomes was healthy and beat the Kansas City Chiefs? It was the Houston Texans. Yep, it was. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if I. I just, I just think there's like I said earlier. I think Kansas City's got that bad taste in their mouth and that whole. No one believed in us. Because if it is Kansas City-Baltimore, and even, too, if it's Baltimore versus Houston, or how I said it earlier with the chaos factor, what if it's Houston versus Tennessee to go to the Super Bowl? Wouldn't that be insane? Sign me up. The trilogy bout. Houston won a game. Tennessee won a game. Who wins the game? I I am rooting for chaos, like, on a low-key note. I, I would love just to see something chaotic happen where it's like, oh, the imagine if it's... The Seahawks and the Vikings taking on, and then the Texans and the Titans. And we get, like, I don't know, Seattle versus Can you Houston. imagine? So everybody's dying for a non-Brady Super Bowl, right? Non-Patriot yeah. Super Bowl. And it's Titans-Vikings. You got Kirk Cousins versus Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> in imagine? Miami. Ryan imagine? Tannehill goes to the Super Bowl in Miami. Part of me is rooting for it. I don't think it's going to happen. But you know what? If it happens, so either, but oh, I'm going to be more more intrigued to watch the game. I'm still going to watch Super Bowl regardless. I would never oh, boycott yeah. it just because the Pats aren't in it. But I'm, you know what? I made the bright picks because you know what? I feel like if I pick, if I pick with my head over my like gut feeling, I'm going to get them right. Because last week, I, I honestly, I'm going to say this. I went 0 for 4 for my picks. I picked the Eagles because I wanted to see the same thing. I wanted to see the chaos factor. I would love to see that. You know what? Screw it. Tennessee Titans in the Super Bowl going up against Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill in Miami. It would just... It, it would just, just be... Not that, I'm not saying that a game would be bad. I'm not saying that. Oh, I'm not, saying neither am I. It's just funny considering Brady out. Like, everybody wants all these young guys, like Jimmy G, you know, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes to finally get their 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 due, and then none of them do. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, none of them do. It's just Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins. So, it'd be a run fest. Derrick Henry versus Dalvin Cook would be amazing. That would be the storyline in that one. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, like I said, I mean... Chaos does happen sometimes, though. Injuries could happen. I mean, yeah. as much as, as much as we love the, to watch Lamar Jackson and Patrick Holmes play, one play can take them out. Now, yeah. you can say that with any quarterback, so I know people are going to give me crap about that, but they run a lot more than any other quarterback. So one one place, Deshaun Watson, same thing. The wrong angle, and, and that the whole game changes. Any given Sunday, that's all i got to say. Yeah. 
That is exactly right. Or Saturday. The last (laughs) segment, we are at the last segment of the podcast right now where we're going to talk Green Bay, Seattle. I'm coming out and saying this. I'm taking the Seahawks. I think... Green Bay's good, but they've been they're a suspect 13 and 3. Like look, their losses were a bad loss against the Chargers, an even worse loss against the 49ers. Like to say if San Francisco wins and they have to go back out there, I do not trust Green Bay to beat San Francisco. Um they had close games with the Lions twice. They had a close game with the Giants. Well, it was close up until like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, but still it was like I think 17 to 10. Um, and two, they beat the Redskins by five. Like Green Bay's a good football team. Aaron Rodgers is a bat, first ballot Hall of Famer. I just think too now too when it comes down to those go conversations, Aaron Rodgers is in. But at the same time too, it's kind of like comparing LeBron to Michael, where it's like, oh hey, Michael's got six Super Bowls, LeBron's got three. And if you want to compare Brady to Rodgers, it's like, oh hey, Brady's got six, Aaron's got the one that he won ten years ago. The last time, this will be the first, the last time. The Packers won a Super Bowl. It was the last time the Patriots weren't in an AFC Championship game. So, just think about that. But I think too, and also too, here's the other thing: Seattle this year has been an unstoppable. They've won road loss the entire season, which I believe was it. That game in LA where they lost Rashard Penny. You're gonna have Marshawn Lynch in this game. Russell Wilson looked really good. DK Metcalf. Oh my God, that was a player I wish the Pats had. Um, and also too, I'm trying to think. Of, uh, and also too, Hollister, former Patriot, fitting in perfectly there. The only thing that I concerns me with Seattle is their pass defense and how they handle like a Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. But you know what? I'm going. I'm, I think the 12s also too because man, I would love to see San Francisco Seattle for the NFC Championship. I'd love to see a third game of that. Yeah, and I think um, that's the one thing the Niners don't want to see. No, you don't want to see Seattle again. I think that's the one team that has that can play the Niners uh, the best out of anybody. So I think that's the that's one thing the Niners, if they win, do not want to see happen. Um, that, to me, I think that could be their downfall. But because I think anybody that's, I mean, you're rivals. You've played each other enough, and you're playing in the eight, NFC Championship game. That's going to, ooh, that'd be brutal. Um, but I actually agree with you. I, th- I think the Seattle Seahawks win this. I just don't, Green Bay doesn't seem special this year to me. Like they, like you said, you, you listed all their losses uh, that, that, you know, they, they had some really bad ones. Um, so I just, I just, I don't know. But Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, and he could make work with, with little that he has. Um, I mean, he does have, you know, like we said, Adams and, and Jimmy Graham for whatever that's worth. Um, and then Aaron Jones. Is Aaron Jones? I always forget his first name. But uh, yes. um, And also, too, just looking at their, lo- their other losses to the Philadelphia Eagles, but also, too, you had that stanker of an opener week one against the Bears, 10-3. to You also, the other game with the Bears, well, the Bears almost won it at the buzzer. It was just a bad handoff. They handed it to the um, the tight end out of Princeton instead of going to Allen Robinson. If they do that, there's a very good chance they win. And also, too, just looking at their, like, even to going into Candlestick, Candlestick, uh, Levi's, and Aaron Rodgers in that game, 20 for 33, 104 yards thrown. Jimmy Garoppolo, 14 for 20, 253 yards, two touchdowns, 145 passer rating. So that's why I think, you know what, if San Francisco beats Minnesota, they're hoping that they get Aaron Rodgers. I know it's like saying, I can't believe I'm saying that, because Aaron Rodgers, even though I said to him, sure, he's only got the one Super Bowl, he's one of the best players in the game, too. Go, Seattle's not going to be afraid to go into Levi Stadium and beat them. They did it once this year in that tremendous Monday Night Football game. But like, look at it too. It'd be like and I, we're going to reference this a lot because we're both Pats fans, and I don't care what you think. Haters going to hate. Imagine if it was Bills and Patriots in there. 
Do you think the Bills would be concerned about going into Foxborough and beating the Patriots? Good Lord, no. So, yeah, I agree with you in that sense of, you know what, if Seattle wins this game and San Francisco wins this game, they're going to be worried in the back of their mind because they're like, look, this like the last time we went toe-to-toe with Green Bay, we beat them by 29. Last time we went toe-to-toe with Seattle, it was a bad delay of game penalty. And to, you know what, they went into your house, they broke your undefeated season. They were your Brock Lesnar. That's all I got to say about that. that. So I'm picking Seattle, and because I like saying scores too, you know what? Seattle wins 23-20. to 20. That's good. That's good. And like I said, I agree. I think Seattle wins. Um, I don't know what the score would be. It's probably like in that range. I would say maybe like 28-21 to 21 or 28-24 or something like that. Um, Russell Wilson's playing great. Russell Wilson's your MVP if Lamar Jackson doesn't exist. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers, though, I mean – People are going to call me an absolute hater, but I'm just saying, put up or shut up, Tom. Rodgers, you need a run. You need a run, and I know that he doesn't have the coach that you know he's like Bel- like Brady has Belichick. But I think this like this would be like, I think it, I would be impressed if because I don't like I said I'm not impressed right now. But if I think if Rodgers was to win this game and then go in and win in NFC in at San Francisco and go to the Super Bowl and win against whoever they are. It'd be a good thing for his legacy, I think. I don't think he needs it. I'm not saying he has to have it, but I think it would elevate him to the status that everyone already has him at. Um, I think he's a great player, like you said, first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think Rodgers needs that, like, you know, that run. And I think he could do it. So, I mean, Rodgers, you know, you, this is – no one's – no one's. I, don't, I haven't heard anyone pick the Packers to go, to go all the way. And that's exactly how you should want it. You should want no one to think you have a shot. And so I think Rodgers could very well make us all look like idiots because we know he's good. We know he's great. But nobody's picking him to, to get to the Super Bowl that I've heard. So, um, But I still think Seattle. I just – I don't know. I just think Seattle – now, granted, you know, Seattle, you can make cases last week. It's like if Wentz doesn't hurt, that game's closer. It's not really that big of a – you know, it's like it's not even – you know, they barely could beat the Eagles. But Seattle's not a team that's going to go they, – they've never – or they have been in the past – but this year, they're not a team that's going to go out there and murder the other team. Yeah, and the other they're point, not going to do that. And the other point I made too, like with how Devontae Adams plays, because let's be honest, Seattle's got a good defense. They've got before it was the Legion of Boom. Now they've got a really good linebacking core. They still got Bobby Wagner. They still got KJ Wright, um, Jadavion Clowney, Ezekiel Ansah. Their pass defense, their secondary, is not what it used to be when you add Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, uh, Brandon Brown. I'm trying to remember the other guy's name. Uh, You've got a good – your pass defense has been their big Earl concern. Thomas. Earl Thomas? Oh, pardon me? Were you talking about Earl Thomas? Earl Thomas, yeah. Like, Earl Thomas now in Baltimore. Like, if it's that Legion of Boom, if it's like that 2013 Seattle defense going into Green Bay, oh, I'm not giving the Packers a chance. Like, the Packers could win this game. Yeah. I just think there's something about Seattle this year. And also, like I said, too, they're not, they're not going to be scared to go into Lambeau. Like, I think – I'd only say New Orleans just because we obviously know New Orleans is a very different team when the weather is really cold. Like, like how like it's like the same thing too for any dome team. Like if Arizona was in the playoffs right now and they were going to Green Bay, I would be suspect of them because why they are in Arizona. New Orleans is a dome team, so like and also too we've seen it in past years where New Orleans has to go play outside and they don't do as well even in the regular season. Seattle's not worried about that, and also too Seattle's a very well traveled team, so you know there's going to be the 12th man for them in that crowd. There's gonna be a lot. Of, there's gonna be a lot of cheese heads. But you know what? Oh, yeah. There's gonna be some cheese graters too. I think. But that's why. I'm, I, I, so yeah, <laughs> that's a good the way, the way we got it set up. Phil has got Baltimore, Houston as his AFC championship. I've got Baltimore, Kansas City. 
We both have San Francisco versus Seattle, which honestly, who's going to be mad to see that? I know some people are like, oh, Brady's in the AFC Championship game again. No one's going to be mad if we get San Francisco-Seattle again. That's going to be imagine, another classic. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine a Russell Wilson versus Lamar or Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl? Like, oh. I know it's quarterback. everybody likes the quarterback versus quarterback, even though they don't play each other on the field. Revenge game for but, Seattle because what happened earlier this year, so, Lamar yeah. Jackson went into CenturyLink Field and took care of business. And also, too, we I don't think we've... Last year too, week sixteen, we got Lamar. We got uh, thing and thing, and even too last year, it was the game where he hurt his tore his ACL two years ago. Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. I remember that game. I think it was week seven or eight in twenty seventeen. That was a classic. So I think if we get Seattle versus any one of those teams, it's good. But also too, I think a lot of people still are rooting for Baltimore, San Francisco. I don't see it, and you know what? Whatever happens which, this weekend is going to happen. By the way, which, by the way, just not to stop you, but yeah. Baltimore San Francisco Super Bowl was the last time Tom Brady or Peyton Manning wasn't involved in the Super Bowl. That's another fun fact I just wanted to mention to you guys quickly. This is only the this is going to be the first time since the 2002 AFC Championship game that neither a combination of Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Ben Roethlisberger is in the AFC Championship game, and only the second Super Bowl since then that either Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Ben Roethlisberger will not be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. It's numbers like that just blow my mind. Yeah, it's just great. We're, we're, we're starting to get to that new era. As much as I think Brady's still playing for another two years, Brees will probably still play. We're getting in, you know, we're getting in that uh, that era. We're going to have an era without Brady, Manning, and uh, Roethlisberger. But, and I, 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 this is my Super Bowl going into this year. I want to see like how we saw, speaking of which, the end of the era, how we saw Triple H Undertaker, which I'm pretty sure I didn't know you at the time, but I think we were both in the building for that match in Miami. Uh, Miami? Oh, yeah, I was there. Yeah. One of my favorite matches live ever. Same. Yeah. Um, I Great think story. I just want to see that Super Bowl, that Brady Breeze Super Bowl. Why? Because that's a dream Super Bowl number one that I think a lot of people want to see, regardless if you're not a Saints fan or if you just straight up hate the Patriots. You want to see that Super Bowl go down. And they and both have a story going into next season. Both are free yeah. agents. Yeah. Both. Loss in the first round when they both should have had no business losing in the first round. It's a lot. That could be a great setup for next year's Super Bowl, Griff. So go ahead and start uh, NFL commission, make it happen. <laughs> yeah, book it. If the, if, the, if only matches could be booked like wrestling cards, that's and they the both Super Bowl. Retire, no matter what the outcome. Yeah, at the end of next year. That and also, be I would sign me up. Sign and, me up. And also, too, the other big thing too with guys like Pay- uh, not Peyton, not uh Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers is even like look at Peyton Manning. He had a great career. What was his one thing for the longest time? He only had one Super Bowl. Rodgers or Breeze wins a second. Their their stock gets raised significantly. Like Brady doesn't have to prove anything else. Sure, I think he wants seven because, like I said earlier, Michael Jordan's got six. I think Brady wants seven just to go. You know what? I'm the greatest athlete. I've got the most championships out of any athlete, current modern era. Like I know Kareem's won a lot. Of, I think Kareem's got a lot of rings. Same with Bill Russell. I think Brady's holding himself to that Michael Jordan standard where he wants to get seven. And look, too, there was that last season with Michael Jordan, the 98 Bulls, which ESPN's got that fabulous-looking documentary coming out later this year. Of uh, The last season, you know what? Go all in. Push all your chips in. I see the Patriots doing that next year. I don't see Brady going anywhere. That's another topic for another day. Phil yeah, and that'll I, be a whole video by itself because there's a lot to talk about. Oh, that'll be a whole podcast. We can re- re- like After the season is done, I want to bring on a, like a four-man panel. like I don't know, like you, Britain. And Alex, like the four of us, we talk about the season. Just go from there. But um, we've been on for quite some time. Phil, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Hopefully next week, if you're free again, maybe we can get you back on for Divisional Weekend recap, college football national championship recap, and a look forward 
to one of my favorite but sad days of the year, which is Championship Sunday. I only say sad because you know what? You get that slow realization. This is the last day of the year. We're going to see more than one game in one day. Yeah, it's always and it's always the best games most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time it's better. Most of the time it's better than the Super Bowl um, as well. Uh, but uh, it's going to be fun, man. Thanks for having me. I love talking football. I could go on forever. Like I was like looking down, I'm like dang, it's already you know whatever. It's like I didn't even realize it because I could just talk for days. I did it the other day when I was talking to somebody, and then like realized it was thirty minutes later, and we're still talking football. I can do it. I'm passionate about it. Same thing about wrestling. I can do it all day. So same thank with you. Me. I appreciate it. Same with me with football. It's that one sport. Sometimes other sports like football, oh, not football, basketball, hockey, baseball, and until I watch MLS. There's months where I kind of like don't want to talk about because you know what, nothing goes on. Football is that one sport because of how short it is. Pull me aside any day of the year, and I will gladly talk NFL football with you. So anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. And the next time you see us, hopefully Phil comes back sooner than later, but anytime the next time you hear from me, we're going to only have four teams left, and we're going to have a national championship at the collegiate level. Good night, everyone. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Save the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.